Patea this morning. Patea Wilson today from Mad Messenger. A bit about Patea. Well, I've now seen him in the first service. I saw some of his YouTube clips. This is wearing for one treat this morning. A real creative guy. Uh, he's a storyteller. He's an artist. He does uh, music, drama, and speed art as well. Uh, he's spoken literally all over the world just sharing the message of the gospel. And I particularly wanted to say, we've got Patea right here on this last Sunday of the year, and you can sort of feel like, oh, okay, we've just slotted something in here just because it's fun. Don't be fooled into just sort of thinking this is just a nice time here this morning. I love that God can use the creative gifts to speak about who He is, a creative loving grace-filled God and uh, no doubt about it you're going to really experience a powerful message here this morning so let's put our hands together for for Patia bless you mate good on you morning church listen thank you so much once again Um, thank you once again pastor pastor Carl for for the opportunity once again also and for everyone that's you guys have been so so friendly Uh, I walked through the doors this morning and people were like well, just willing to help me hey, can I can I carry your bag can I can I get your brushes can I get this for you can I get your coffee so you guys have been um, awesome you guys have been real real uh, a blessing and many times you, you think you kind of go to a church and you think oh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna share a word of God and and share a message and you think you're gonna bless them but many times like I and especially this morning I come in and and it's, it's not, that's not the case many times it's the person who comes in who gets, who gets blessed. So you guys have blessed me, and thank you so much for your hospitality and for, for making me feel at home. Amen? You know, amen. And, yeah, praise the Lord. And, and I, yes, I, I am a Kiwi. I'm from New Zealand. I'm from Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, are you Kiwis here? No Kiwis? Okay, yes. Okay, I won't say that. I'm, I'm not a Kiwi here. Yeah, because I'm Kiwis here. Yeah. And, yeah, and funny, funny enough, I'll tell you this morning, uh, as I was driving in this morning, uh, in the rain, I, I saw someone, and I thought, this guy looks familiar, and I looked, at, and as I was um, getting closer, I looked at outside, and lo and behold, it was, he's, it's my cousin, I had no idea that my cousin comes to this church, and I had no idea that my cousin is a Christian, so my cousin Amos, yeah, Amos is here, yeah, yeah, so praise the Lord, I see Amos, and yeah, I, I would have recognized him earlier, but you know, he hasn't got as many Afro with him, so, you know, so... Um, yeah, praise the Lord. Um, just to see my cousin and also see my auntie uh, this morning. So it's, it's been a long, it's been a while since I've seen my cousin. So uh, just just praise the Lord. Man. God God works in real real mysterious ways. They're real crazy. Eh? So awesome. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, my name is Betia Betia Wilson, um, and and I'm also known as the Mad Messenger. Now, Mad is spelt with a double D. It's not because I'm crazy or because I'm mad or because I'm loony or because I'm angry. MAD is just a simple acronym which stands for music, art, drama, also a bit of dance incorporated as well. And so I purposely use all these different mediums to share the, the Word of God. And I believe, I believe we all come, we all have diff- different learning styles and people are quite kinesthetic, people are quite vis- uh, visual, and people audible and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I believe when you kind of throw in, uh, throw in the mix where, where you're sharing the Word of God, um, all, all these different elements, or all these different mediums, say, hey, you kind of get a wider audience, and so, and that's and that's why I do what I do, amen. And so, before we get into the Word of God this morning and the message, let's start with a word of prayer and and and, pr- and just praise the Lord once again, amen. Let's pray, Father. We come to you, to you this morning, and we thank you so much, Father, for who you are, Father. We we stand here, we we gather here this morning. We praise your name on high. 
you. We, we love you, Father. We, Father, we thank you, especially for your son, Jesus Christ. Father, all glory goes back to you, Father. It's not about uh, me or the messenger uh, um, on stage, Father. It's not, nothing to do with me, Father. It's got to, be, got to do all about you. And so, Father, all glory to you, Father. We thank you. We praise you. And, Father, we pray that you would just do your work and that you that I just be your mouthpiece this morning, Father. We thank you for all that you do and what you continue to do in our lives. So glory to you on high, the most, uh, the King of kings and the most high, Jesus Christ. So we ask all these, th- all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and we all say, amen. Amen. And so I know my cousin does a bit of acting as well. I know Amos is, is renowned for his, for his acting uh, prowess. Um, so usually I, have, I have, usually I have someone act uh, with me, but I'm, I'm here by myself. My, my, my lovely wife and my two kids couldn't, couldn't be here this morning or in, in Australia. And so I'm going to have to do a bit of a one-man drama. You know? so, so you might think, oh, yeah, he is a bit crazy. You know? But um, I, 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 tr- um, I assure you I'm not crazy. I'm just going to do a one-man drama, and, and hopefully you kind of get the message. Come on, Caroline. Caroline, push. <laughs> push, push, Caroline, push. Oh, I can, I can see, I can see her, I can see. Yes, come on, yeah. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 Caroline, oh, 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 she's beautiful. Oh, Caroline, she's, she's beautiful, she's beautiful. Oh wow! Oh, she looks. She looks just like you, Carolina. Oh, she looks just like you. <laughs> oh, oh, you're so cute. Oh, oh, th- thank you, thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you so. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, what? What? What is that? Are you sure? Oh, come, come on, come on, check, check again. Are, are you sure? Check again. Are you sure? Oh. oh, come on. Oh, come on, God. Oh, I, I serve you, God. Come on, God. Why, why, God? We should be able to talk or even walk. Oh, come on, God. How, how, how do I tell Caroline? What do, what do I tell Caroline? Why, God? Why? That short drama depicts how I felt, all the emotions I felt when my baby girl was born. Now you have to understand, I was the first time expecting dad. And just like that drama, when, when my baby girl was born in the delivery room, I went crazy, I went, I went ballistic, I was like jumping for joy, woohoo! Finally, my baby girl, my daughter, she's arrived. I was, just, I was just so excited. I was just, oh, man, praise God, praise the Lord. My baby girl, she, she's here. And I, and, I, and I looked at the doctor, and the doctor, you know, she, she looked kind of strange at me, and she had this 
you know, there's this look of concern on her face. And I thought at, at the time, oh, I couldn't care less. I thought, man, finally my baby girl, she's here. My daughter, my daughter, thank you, God. And the doctor had to literally calm me down. Mr. Wilson, Mr. Wilson, calm down, calm down. We need to take your baby girl and we need to take her now. Come on now. And they had my baby girl and they put her on my wife's chest for a few seconds and they put her in this, on this, in, in this little hospital crib. And I had the privilege of, of taking my baby girl out of the room. And the doors opened. As the doors opened, everyone was still there. My family, my friends, my church family, all jumping, just all, all, all excited for, to see my baby girl. And I remember just, just strolling my baby girl out of, out of the room. And all I could see were these two beady eyes looking back at me. And I thought, praise God, she's beautiful, my daughter. And people were patting me on the back. Congratulations, Pete. She's beautiful. We took her to the doctor and said, hey, we need to take her now. We took her to, to a specialist. We took her to the neonatal unit. And we saw a specialist, a pediatrician. And the doctor had my baby girl. And he, he had her. And he, he looked at her hands. He looked at her feet. He looked at her face. And I remember just, just waiting outside and anxiously waiting outside. God, what's, what's wrong? What's, what's wrong? And I remember the doctor coming out. And, and he pauses and he says, hey, listen. Listen, Mr. Wilson, I'm very sorry. Your daughter has what we call trisomy 21. I'm thinking, yeah, well, what is that? What, what is trisomy 21? As he pauses, he looks down and looks back up and he says, I'm, I'm very sorry, Mr. Wilson. Your daughter has a disability. She was born with, with a disability. Your daughter has Down syndrome. I'm thinking, are you sure? Come on. Check again. Are you sure? Check again. Please, come on. Are, are you sure? Are, are you 100% sure? He said, yes, we're certain she has Down syndrome. And all that excitement, all that jumping up and down and yahooing, woo was gone just like that. And I thought to myself, come on, please, God. This can't be happening. Am I, am I hearing things? Come on, God. And I remember turning around and walking through the corridor and everyone was still there. Everyone was still congratulating me, patting me on the back. And I remember walking into the room where my wife was and she was, and she was tired. She was totally exhausted. And she turns and asks me, and she says, hey, how is she? How's our baby girl? How's our beautiful baby girl? And I, I remember just, just standing there, and I had nothing to say. I was speechless. And I remember just, just bawling. I remember just crying like a baby, crying. And all I remember was blurting out the words, I'm sorry, Caroline, our daughter has Down syndrome. And we cried, I, I cried, I cried and cried. We both cried all night thinking, God, why God? Why, Lord? And all those thoughts, all those negative thoughts, oh, she's going she's gonna to be a handicap. Oh, they're going to laugh at her. They're going to tease her. They're going to mock her. Will she be, be able to talk or even walk? God, what sin did I do, God? Why, God? Why has this happened to me, God? And all these, all, all these thoughts of, God, I serve you, Father. I've been faithful to you, God. Why has this happened to me? Come on, God. And my wife and I, we, we were in a dark place. We were in a dark place for such a long time. And it seemed like there was no hope. Like, man, God, why? Why? I look out this morning, and I know it kind of sounds like a, a sad story. You think, oh, that's, a, that's, that's very sad. And I don't mean to, to start off real negative, because I don't mean to be negative. But also, I don't want to be naive, and I don't want to assume just because we're in church, just because we've had praise and worship, 
just because we're in the midst of our, our friends and believers, fellow believers and Christians that we're in here in church, that everyone in here, everyone in here is having a good time. Everyone's having a good time in here. That everyone's life right now, your life right now is very good. Your life is like a bed of roses. Your life is on the up and up. Everything about your life right now is good. Your relationships with, with people, with others, your relationship with your spouse, your family, your, your finances, your health, work, all those things. That everything in here is good. And if that's you, if your life right now is good, and hey, praise the Lord. You should be praising God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Right now, everything is, is, is awesome. But I know for a fact, for some of us in here this morning, for some of us in here, and I don't know, some of us in here this morning, you are going through hardship. You are going through struggles. You are going through some very tough times. And a lot of us in here, I don't know, some of us in here may be put up, putting up a brave front, putting on a mask, like, oh, oh, I'm good. Everything is good. Life is great. But I know for a fact, for some of us in here, that is not the case for some of us in here. Some of us in here are going through some very tough times. And I know it's the festive season, it's the holiday season, and we should be all joyous and happy. But I know that people are going through some hard times, some real hard times. You're in that brink of that point where you think, God, where are you in all of this? Where are you, God? But I want you to know this. I really want you to know this. And I want you to grasp this and really get this because I know very well that a lot of you in here, you already know this. You already know this. And sometimes it doesn't hurt to be reminded time and time again. Very simple. Even in the midst of adversity, even in the midst of hardship and hard times, and no matter how bad your circumstances are right now, no matter how terrible or how dim your situation is right now, I need you to know this. And understand this, and it's this, my friends, even, even in the midst of adversity, my friends, there is always, there is always hope. There is always hope. And my friends, I'm not talking about the hope that is found on the bottle of alcohol or drugs or sex or money or, or relationships. I'm not talking about the false hope that the world offers you and I. I'm not talking about that kind of hope. I'm talking about the real deal, the real McCoy, because the truth of the matter is this, is that our hope as believers, as Christians, our hope is only found in Christ Jesus alone. Jesus Christ. Nothing else, no one else. Jesus Christ. My friends, please, you take a good look around the world today. People are searching. People are seeking. People are looking for happiness, peace, satisfaction, hope in all the wrong places, and they can't even find it. And, if, and some people are even deceived to think, oh, yeah, I found hope. I got peace. I found it. I found it. But it's so temporal. The world's, the world's hope, not the everlasting, not the eternal hope that you and I have as believers, and the answer has always been, it will always be Jesus Christ. Hope, true hope. And I want you to be encouraged. I need you to be encouraged, my friends, regardless of how bad it is. God, the Word of God says, well, He will never leave nor forsake you. And even in the midst of adversity, you can still keep your hope alive in Jesus Christ. And so I want you to look with me in your Word, in the Word of God. Let's, let's get, turn to your Bibles this morning. The Word of God, and God says this. Romans, Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. The 
It's a very simple message, a very familiar passage in the Word of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And God says this, and the Word of God says this. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice, they word again, in the hope of the glory of God. And not only, not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Very familiar passage. Romans 5.1. What does it say? It says what? Because you have placed your faith. If you're here, you have placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. It says what? You are now justified, meaning this, you are now made righteous unto God. The slate is made clear. Everything is clean. You've been cleansed. But it also says this, more so it says, you now have peace because of what Christ did on the cross for you and I. Peace. And then it tells us, because of your faith, you, you and I are able to access, we're able to, to stand in His grace, and we can rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Our hope is one of certainty. Our hope is not one of uncertainty, thinking, oh, maybe, or I hope so, I think so. No, it is one of certainty. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. As believers, we can stand in His grace. As believers and rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. You know the song? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. James chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Count it all joy when you go through hardship and, hardships and trials. And you know what? It's so, it, has, it has people. It's, it's, it's easier said than done. Amen? It's, it's easier to say, hey, be encouraged. God is with you. It's easier said. It's doing. It's doing. It's like, oh, man, it's just too hard. It's just too hard, God, to rejoice. And we know Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, who, who, who's the writer? Who's the writer? Who, who, who writes that? Of course, we know it's the Apostle Paul. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And you want to pick a pick a, 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 the, a, the perfect person to, to, to talk about in terms of going through hardship and, and, and struggles and, and trials. You think of the Apostle Paul in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 20, 24. The Apostle Paul tells us he was whipped, he was beaten, left for dead, shipwrecked. We go down that passage and all he could think about was the church. And yet he says what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. And where is he writing this? He writes as what? He writes as in prison. How, how, how do you get to this place? With God, regardless of how bad my situation is, God, I still choose you, Father. I still choose to rejoice in you, God. And so, my friends, when the going gets tough, does the tough get going? As believers, do we continue to, to run the race, or are we, oh, oh, that's just a bit too hard, God. I didn't, I didn't realize that the Christian walk or the Christian faith or my, my journey was going to be this hard, God. And because there's a big difference between happiness and joy, amen? A real big difference. And happiness is really based on our circumstances. When things are good, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Things are great. And now we can sing from the, from the top of our, our, our lungs and think, oh, praise God. Oh, I believe, I believe, 
I believe, I believe in you. I believe. And so the question is, what are we like? What are we like when the going gets tough? And the thing is, as believers, and I believe this wholeheartedly, we should be the most powerful, the most influential people in the world. Then please somebody tell me why so many believers out there look down and out, look like there's, there's, there's no victory in their lives, and they think, woe is me, God, it's just too hard. Why? But we have the Holy Spirit indwelled in us, living in us. And yet so many of us look down and out. There's no victory in life. What are we like? But most importantly, what are you like? What are you like in hardship and struggles? Are you still able to just to sing his praises? Well, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. Or is it, I believe, I believe. Are we like that? Are we like that? My friends, one of the ways that you and I can keep our hope alive in Jesus Christ is simply by rejoicing in Him. By rejoicing in Him. No matter how tough it gets, we continue to run the race and rejoice in Him. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And it's not a coincidence that the Apostle Paul would, would, would emphasize, and again, I say rejoice. Again. You know, when my daughter was born, and, and I remember for several weeks, she was, she was in the hospital for several weeks, and we just, and all I, and I was at the, I was at the point where, where, where my faith was tested. My faith was tested, and I was thinking, God, you know what? I think this is, this is the end of the road, God. Why God? I was, having, I was having my own pity party. God, I've been faithful to you, God. I serve you, God. I've, I've done this, God. I was thinking, crying in the corner. I didn't want to see anyone. And all these negative thoughts. What sin did I do, God? And I remember we were, we were able to bring our, our daughter back home. And, and, and I tell you the truth. And people, believers, friends of mine would say to me, that's what happens, Pete. You know, you should have prayed, you should have prayed more. You know, you should, have been, you should have been faithful to God. You didn't have enough faith. I think, what? Really? You didn't have enough faith. And people will say, well, see, that's what happens. You, you must have done something really bad. You must have sinned real bad, and, you, and, you, and you, you're cursed. And I'm thinking, oh. And it made matters worse. And I had an auntie who lives, lives in Sydney, she, in Australia, and she, she came over. She flew over to New Zealand, and she came to pay us a visit. And, and um, I don't really tell people this, but my daughter, my daughter she has Down syndrome, but also she has um, extra, extra thumbs on, her, on both hands. She was born with extra thumbs on, on both hands. And I remember uh, bringing her back home. And I, re I remember my auntie seeing my baby girl. And I had, I had these mittens on my baby girl. She took the mittens off. And she was in, she was in shock. She was like, oh, my goodness. What, what, what is this? She looks at my baby girl. She looks at my wife. My wife is, my wife is sitting next to her. And she, she, tells, she, say, she says this to my wife. She says, oh, Caroline. What, what happened? What happened to your baby girl? Well, why she got extra thumbs? And, she, and this is what she said. She looks my wife square in the eyes and she goes, oh, Caroline, that's what happens when you eat too much crab. 
we eat crab. We eat too much crab. And I'm thinking to myself, really? You eat too much crab. First of all, my wife does not like seafood. <laughs> and, and, she, and, and she had the nerve to say, she, she looked at me and she said, see, that's what happens. That's what happens. You, you ate something terrible. And I'm thinking to myself, and I told the people this morning, the Holy Spirit left me for a few seconds. <laughs> Holy Spirit left me and I was in the flesh for a few seconds. And I looked at that lady, I looked at my auntie and I said, oh, lady, you are going to get it. You are going to learn today. I looked at her and said, listen, lady, I'm going to crab your face right now, you know. How dare you? How dare you? And I was in a, a dark place. I was thinking, God, why? Why has this happened? And I remember just ha having, bringing my baby good. I remember putting her in the cot in her crib. And I remember just sitting, just sitting on the, on the side of the bed. I remember just sitting down and just looking at her and, and just asking God and just, just yelling, God, what do I do now, God? Help me, God. Why? And I remember looking at my baby girl. And I remember the song, this old um, gospel song. And my mom used to play this gospel song. And I, I remember... The first thing that came, that popped in my head was, was the song. The song was, was called, um, Hold On, Hold On, Change Is Coming. And I remember just sitting there looking at my baby girl, and I remember just breaking down the song and just crying, God. And the song goes like this. Some people like to worry. Some people like to hide. Some people like to run away from the pain inside. Now it's your business to do whatever you want to do. Cause if it don't work out, here's what you ought to do. Then just hold on. Well, change is coming. Sing, hold on. Don't worry about a thing. Hold on. Cause you can make it. Sing, hold on, everything will be all right. Sing, hold on, well, change is coming. Sing, hold on, everything will be all right. Sing, hold on, because you can make it. Sing, hold on, everything will be, everything will be, everything will be all just seeing it, man. Everything, hold on, change is coming. Everything will be all right. And here I was in my own corner crying, having my own pity party. Oh, Lord. And I remember just seeing it. I remember, it was like God saying to me, hey, Mr. Wilson, my son, why are you even fretting? Why are you crying? This little girl I have blessed you with this little girl is a blessing, is a blessing. And I tell you, this little girl, she has turned my world upside down, and she's taught me things about life as a child. This girl can read, can talk, can spell, and can run. She loves life. Her name is Charlize Haziel Wilson. Haziel is a Hebrew name, which means that God strengthens, translated God strengthens. And I believe that God has strengthened him. And just showing favor in this little girl's life. My daughter. My daughter. There should have been why. Why me? 
It should have been from the very beginning. Why not me, God? And I rejoice. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This little girl is a blessing. And my whole perspective changed right there and then. And you know, we've been singing it. We're singing about that verse. The first, first verse that came to mind was Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Familiar verse. And we know this verse. And here I am. Here I am sitting in the corner. And I used to encourage people, come on. Come on. God's with you. No, the Lord will never leave you. Come on. Keep, keep running. And here I, here I was. When I, went, when, I went, when I was going through the hard time, here I was. I think, wait a minute. I say these things. I believe in these, these things. I believe what God says. And the thing that was missing was doing. Was it doing? But here I am crying. And when I finally realized, God, thank you, I can rejoice in you. And that verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things work together for good to them that what? To them that, that love him, who are called according to his purpose. When you love God, like any good father, Again, a good father who wants to give to his son or, or, or daughter, how much more so does our father want to give to you and I? And here I was crying, oh God. And God said, hey, that is a blessing. Why are you crying? Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And there is a big difference between happiness and joy. And joy is this, is simply, simply centered on Jesus Christ, when our focus is put is, is set on Jesus Christ, regardless of how bad your circumstances are, when you look towards Jesus Christ, God, glory to you. I choose you. I choose to rejoice in you. In you, God. Because two things will happen. Two things will happen during hardship and trials. One is this. You will either be drawn closer to God or two, you will be drawn, drawn away from God. So what are we like? What are we like? Are we drawing closer to God in hardship? And I'm not talking about affliction and hardship that you've brought, about, uh, uh, brought upon yourself. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that have just happened that, that you have no control over. And you think, Man, God, why is this happening? I'm talking about that. You'll either be drawn closer to God or you'll be drawn away from God. And which one are we? Which one are you? The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 8, if you draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. So what are we like in times of hardship? And we know in the Bible, we see in Matthew chapter 26, verse 55, going down, further down that passage, we know that the, before Jesus was arrested, the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, we will stand with you, Jesus. We will fight with you, Jesus. And of course, the disciple Peter, oh, I will die with you, Jesus. And when Jesus gets arrested, what happens? The Bible says, oh, the disciples see, oh, oh, you know, this is, oh, this is a bit awkward, oh, oh, out of here, boom, they're gone. They take off. And the Bible says that this had to happen. They forsook Jesus. They took off. The Bible says down that passage, further down that passage, it tells us that Peter, Peter says that he was standing afar off, following, following afar off, and he sees Jesus, enters into, the, enters into the gate, and he sits down with the people. And they say, hey, weren't you the one? With Jesus, oh, no, 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 it wasn't me. And of course we know the story. He denies Christ three times. What are we like? Do we continue to walk forward, draw closer? Or are we taking steps backwards? Oh, are we going backwards instead of forwards? Are we being drawn back into the things of the world? The things that we've come out of 
Or are we continue to stay? Are we continuing to stay closer, draw closer to God in times of hardship? What are we like, my friends? Be encouraged. And some of you may be sitting here right now thinking, you know, you have no idea what I'm going through. How dare you get up there, get up there and tell us to rejoice in Christ? You have no idea what I've been going through. You don't, know, you don't know the struggles I face. You don't know the hardship that I face. And you get up there and you tell us to rejoice in Jesus or to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You're right. You're absolutely right. I have no idea what you're going through. I do know the one who does is God. He knows what you're going through right now. And isn't it funny in Romans chapter 5, he tells us to glory in times of, of tribulation, to rejoice in times of tribulation. How do we do that? And it's easier, of course I know, it's easier said than done. To rejoice in times of tribulation. It says what? That when you glory in times of tribulation, that, you're, that, you, that you, you build your character, that you experience hope and patience. And what Christ does and what, what God has to do sometimes, many times, in the valley, in those hardships, in the, in, the, in, the, in the struggles, in the hard times, what God has to do, God has to take away the things that don't need to be in our lives, strip away the things, cut away the things that are unnecessary. See, I need, I need to take this away, I need to cut this off. You need, and it's kind of like the metals, you have the two metals coming together and melting, and you have to extract all the impurities, all the things that don't need to be there, refining you. And what God is doing is refining us, building our character, getting you ready and prepared for the calling and the purpose that He has for you and I. And many times, it's, it's like, it's, it's so hard as those, as those times where, where our faith is tested. And the Bible says, James chapter 1, 3 and 4 says what? Knowing that the testing of your faith produceth what? Produceth patience. Let patience have its full effect in you, in your life, that you will be perfect and complete, lacking absolutely nothing. Lacking absolutely nothing. And many times, it's during the times in the valleys, in the low times, but God is testing your faith and say, come on, my son, my daughter. I have, I have something great for you. But I need you to be ready. I need you. I need to mold you into the person to fulfill this purpose, the calling that he has for you and I. And it says what? Romans chapter, five, Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says what? That you will not be ashamed. The Holy Spirit dwells and dwells within us. That you will not be disappointed. Be not be disappointed. Be encouraged. Continue to run the race, regardless of how bad it is, my friends. Because like I said, our hope is one of certainty. And I promise you, my friends, and I guarantee you this, that one day, our hope, our hope, true hope, the answer, Jesus Christ, one day is coming back to take you and I home. Take us home. So my friends, be faithful. Be faithful. Do not give in. Do not give up. Even when you think, I have no idea, God. This is, this is, I'm so confused. God, oh, help me. Ask him. Ask him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. And I always kind of use this analogy, kind of like the wind. You know, the wind. The wind blowing. The thing is, we can see the, the, the effects of the wind, but we can't see the wind. Many times we, we, can, we can't see God, but we can see the effects of what God is doing in and through our lives, what God is doing 
what God has taken away to prepare us. My friends, you have been justified. You are now made righteous unto God. And more so, we have peace because of what Christ did on the cross for you and I. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Be encouraged, my friends. If that's you, if you're here this morning, you're going through hardship, I want you, as I paint, I want you just to, to, to remember. I just want you to have a vision in your head of Christ embracing you, my son, my daughter. I will never leave nor forsake you. I'm with you. I have everything under control. Why are you crying? Keep going forward. All things work together for good to them that love him who are called according to his purpose. Amen.
together more often. They said you wouldn't make it so far, and ever since they said it, it's been hard. But never mind the lines you had to cross, 'cause you would never let me go inside. You work too hard, you know exactly what you want and need. So Well, that's not bad, is it? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You know, just to wrap up here today and, and simply say, I wonder what you saw as the picture started to come together. And I think there's a real message even in that. I'm sure that's uh, part of the whole story. But how we can look at our life and the stuff that's going on and we can see it one way or we can see it another way. You know, we can just see lines and and blackness maybe, or, or colour, or, or this happening, or that happening. But if we watch carefully enough, if we really look at it with a different perspective, we can see Jesus. And I loved how Patia talked about that. He talked about for him, he had a moment where he had a revelation changer, where Christ was in all of these circumstances that he was going through. And, 
It was a bit like that for us maybe then as he walked away. We can see something forming, but he walks away and there we can see Christ. And, you know, if, if you've been traveling with us this whole Christmas season, you will have heard this actual message has been coming through loud and clear. Watch your perspective. Watch your perspective this Christmas. Because if you've got the wrong perception and perspective, you just see stuff, you just see jumble. But if you look carefully enough, you'll see Christ. And I think that requires a looking with our heart. It requires a looking with our faith, way beyond just looking with our natural eyes. So a real encouragement to us, no doubt, as a church here this morning. And uh, I think we should be challenged together. I was thinking about John 14, 6. You know, Jesus calls us. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father, which is joy, which is wholeness, which is completeness, which is restoration. All these things wrapped up in the love of the Father, except through me, one choice that we have. So I encourage us as we are ending this year, beginning next year, let's just be focused. Let's be razor sharp focused on Christ. And perhaps even today, this is a day for you to be able to say, once again, I'll put my faith. I'm not going to see the stuff. I see you. I see Jesus through all of the stuff. And I put my faith in you. So let's pray together. And maybe you need to pray that prayer uh, in your own spirit. He Heavenly Father, we thank you for the revelation of your Son here this morning. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit, which is speaking to us uh, through creativity even this morning. But Father, we just come before you once more and we just say we stop looking at circumstance and things that are happening around us and we see you. And I pray that the love of Jesus Christ would impact the hearts and minds of every single one of us here. God, that you would open up spiritual eyes, God, in a greater way, in a way that we've never even appreciated in 2014. God, going into next year, God, that we would see Jesus, God, that we would stop looking at other things, that our, the eyes of our heart would be open. Lord, then that you would pour your grace out on us as we see you with eyes full of faith and belief, God, trusting eyes, eyes searching for that hope that can only be found in you. Lord, we just ask that you would challenge us, speak to us, and we thank you for your hand of grace which is extended to us even in this moment. And we receive it and we believe in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.